Dave Emerson is the chief cook and bottle washer for Zap Records. And he's here <laughs> for a talk with The Antidote. Thanks for coming, Dave. Dave, thanks very much for having me again. I think this is my third time. So, you know, I feel privileged. It's true. We first got together when you came to The Antidote in 2017 for an interview about Zap Records. Is it that long ago? Wow. It has been quite a while. Now, yeah. this time it's not so happy. You've got news. I mean, yeah, I guess it won't be happy news for some people. Um, yeah, after uh, five years of running Zap, and uh, I would emphasize the bottle washer in that statement that you made, Dave. Um, I, yeah, I've gotten to a point where I decided it's time to call it quits and, and move on to Pastors New. What was your motivation for starting Zap Records in the first place? Yeah, uh, I think it was really just about trying to help my friends who were musicians to get a little bit more exposure for their music because I, th I know a lot of that kind of administrative distribution side of things when it comes to music can be really daunting for people. Um, and I had a little bit of experience of that from being in the old timers. And so, yeah, I just, I had a desire to kind of share that knowledge and, and help people to get their music out there. And I would say that if that was the goal, then we definitely achieved that goal. Something about Zap Records is that it's very different from most labels. I mean, many of your artists come from what I'd call, I guess, the music fringe. You know, meaning bands that don't have a traditional style. Yeah, and I think that probably reflects my own musical interests. And I'll, maybe it's just that that's, those are the kinds of people I connect with. Uh, and so it just ends up, you know, they're, they're the friends that I have that are making music that I want to kind of help promote. Um, we definitely sort of honed our focus over the years and, and tried to focus in more on hardcore punk. Um, but even within that honing, there's still quite a wide variety and some pretty, uh, pretty crazy stuff. And some of that's my own doing as well with dystopian futures. You know, it's like, that's one of my bands that are on the label. Cause I use the label, you know, as, as a vehicle for my own music. Why not? Um, and, uh, yeah, like our music is pretty different, creative. We try to kind of push the boundaries, but yeah, that's just something I'm kind of interested in and, I definitely consider myself a punk, but I definitely like to look for things that are different and odd and kind of considered strange and weird. So, uh, <laughs> so Zap ended up kind of reflecting my own kind of musical interests, I guess. Maybe that's what I've always enjoyed so much about Zap, because I've always been into non-typical music. And that's also why I've had a few Zap artists on The Antidote. You know, bands like Easter Teeth, The Scurvies, Osprey Shire, and Captive Portal. But you were saying that you're connecting with these bands because you're friends? Yeah, for the most part, most people I've ended up working with in terms of the label have been uh, people I've either already had uh, a pre-existing relationship with, friendship with, or um, you know, people that I've kind of been connected to by other friends. Uh, so it kind of just like became this extended friends network in a, in a sense. Um, so maybe there would be some bands that I wasn't friends with already, but obviously over the the period of time of working with them, then, you know, you do kind of naturally end up building up those, those kind of friendships with people. I don't know, maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just a really friendly person. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I've definitely would consider every single one of those bands or artists to be, you know, a friend on some level. I do think you're friendly because I mean, look at how polite you've been with me over all these years. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you've always just been a great supporter of the label and I've always really appreciated that, man. You've given us a lot of great exposure, so thank you. You know, something else that's interesting about Zap is that you've taken on artists who don't perform in English. 
that's got to be a marketing nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I never really thought about it that way. Again, that's maybe just part of um, my own eclectic interests. Like, I kind of pride myself in the fact that my my punk collection is multilingual. Um, you know, I, I try to collect uh, records from all over the world. And so I guess that also has just translated into the label, you know. Um, and part of that was because when I first started the label, I was still living in South Africa. Um, so, you know, some of the friends that I was trying to help sang in Afrikaans because that's their home language and it made sense. Um, and then some of that was just kind of connections I already had built up over years of, of just kind of being in the Christian punk scene. And I kind of ended up working with bands like Praiser and um, Svartskörm, uh, who are from Germany and Sweden, respectively, and, and again, they, they sing in their home language, and it didn't really make sense to me to ask them to do anything other than that, you know. Uh, in terms of marketing, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it did make it a little harder. I just kind of put it out there, and for those bands, it was never really about the money. I would say for Zap in general, it's never really been about sales or money, so we just did our best and let the chips fall where they may, you know. You spoke a little bit earlier about Zap narrowing the focus down onto artists who are punk. Is punk a favorite for you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, I, I was a late bloomer and I didn't discover punk until I was 16, which is pretty late. Most of my friends who are into punk were like, you know, 12. <laughs> like, wow, how did you discover punk at 12? Oh, my older brother or something like that. You know, for me, I had to find it on my own. Um, I always loved music. Music was always something that was very prevalent in our home. Both my parents were really big music fans. Not necessarily musical, but music fans. But I always felt like with music, there was always something missing. Like I was kind of searching for some form of music that like resonated with me. And I would enjoy lots of different stuff, but I would always feel like I hadn't found it yet. And when I found punk, I don't know, like many people I know anyway, it kind of started with um, pop punk. And I kind of progressed to the harder stuff. <laughs> um, so for me, it was like kind of Blink and Green Day because when I was a teenager, that they were the bands that were kind of coming up. And then I discovered MXPX and I was like, oh, yes. And like kind of opened up like Tooth and Nail to me and, you know, all these other kind of Christian punk artists and being a Christian, that was important to me. Like I wanted to try and find bands that I knew I was on the same page with and not like nihilistic and like, you know, F everything kind of thing, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, basically, when I discovered that, it was like, oh, this is it. I finally found that genre that I resonate with, that I've been searching for for 16 years. <laughs> and I've been there ever since. You well know that the antidote gets into music that comes from Christian artists. You know, a Christian worldview is sort of central for most of the labels that send me music. But that hasn't always been the case for Zap. I mean, you bring in Christian and secular artists. Is it important to you to share both? Yeah, I think so. We've always tried to to walk that line. Um, being a Christian, my exposure to people is often, you know, through church and things like that. So a lot of the guys I was friendly with, I've released stuff with, have been Christians. But when opportunities have presented themselves to kind of open the door to other people, we've always wanted that to be the case. We've always wanted for the door to be open to everyone. I mean, you know, ultimately, as Christians, we're here in the world to reach other people with God's love. And so for me, with Zap, it felt like that was one way of doing that, you know, like opening up that resource and allowing people to be blessed by it as a way of showing God's love in a practical form, you know. I hear you about that. But the Christianers that you have on, 
I don't think anybody would ever consider their music to be evangelical. No, it's definitely not church music either. Um, <laughs> although I guess it depends what church you go to, but um, certainly not in my experience. It wouldn't necessarily be church-friendly music. But yeah, yeah, I don't think anyone that's been involved in the label is yeah, necessarily massively like outspoken or out to sort of like convert anybody. I think for most of the artists on Zap, it's really more about just expressing themselves, expressing their faith, but just in ways that are just very true to themselves and, and you know, kind of real and not with any sort of hidden agenda or attempt to kind of proselytize people. You might find some Christians that say that's straddling the fence. Yeah, but, you know, there's plenty of stuff for them in the Christian bookstore, so they'll be fine. <laughs> I, I'm being a bit flippant, but the point I'm making is that those people who, you know, get upset about things like that, there's plenty out there for them anyway. I think for us it was about reaching out to people that are like us, you know, other punks and other weirdos and other outsiders, um, allowing them to have something that they can enjoy and, and hopefully that can be that, that kind of connection point with them. And maybe it'll open up a conversation about our faith. That would be awesome. We'd be open to that. But maybe it won't, and that's also okay. The final Zap Records release is a split. Two female-fronted bands, What's yes. Your Damage and The Pretty Bads. Who came up with the idea about connecting the bands for a release? So I can't take any credit for that at all. That would be Wiley Willis who uh, who came up with that. Um, one of the cool things that's happened with Zap over the five years that it has existed is that it really became a team effort. Uh, and like you said earlier, you know, kind of uh, chief cook and ball washer. You know, that would that would be my hat. But there's been wonderful people that have worked alongside me and spurred me on and done a lot of the legwork and a lot of the promotional work. And, and Wiley Willis is one of those guys. Um, We've released music from a lot of his bands, October Bird of Death, Two Minute Minor, Watch Your Damage is his most recent project. He actually plays drums in that band. He started the band to be able to play drums rather than being a vocalist. And this is our second release with uh, Watch Your Damage. And uh, yeah, he put that whole thing together. He got in touch with the Pretty Bads. And um, I think their styles kind of really complement each other. And it's cool because it's not only a split release in terms of two bands, it's also a split release in terms of the labels as well. It's, it's Zap Records and IVM music. Yeah, but Wiley put all of that together. It's all his genius, none of mine. <laughs> Wiley Willis is one incredible guy. He does the yeah. work of 10 people every day. He's an absolute oxen. You know, if you want a poster boy for the working class, it's Wiley Willis. Like he, <laughs> seriously, he works like two jobs. He does split shifts. Like he works in like a stockyard or something for roofing. And then he does screen printing in the afternoon. And then like sometimes... Obviously not at the moment because there's no live music, but he sometimes like works as a stagehand. At one point, he was in three bands. Um, <laughs> he was in October Bird of Death, Two Minute Minor, and Watch Your Damage all at the same time. Uh, <laughs> like, oh my goodness, the stuff! And he, he's now podcasting uh, as well. Yeah, he, he amazes me. His energy levels are just through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, you and I message back and forth relatively often. When you told me the news about closing Zap, you know, I was surprised. You also told me, and this is what you'd said, it got to a point earlier this year that it was becoming toxic and my stress levels went through the roof. What were the issues? Yeah. Yeah, Dave, I'm, I'm glad that we get to keep in touch with each other. It's a blessing. Um, yeah, it did, it did get to the point where it was toxic. And what I meant by that was that ultimately... Um, I was spending a lot of time 
kind of thinking about Zap, planning for Zap, and it just became this thing where the stress that I was feeling about Zap and the kind of roles and responsibilities that I had within running Zap, um, it was building up um, within me and it was affecting my mental health. Um, this is not something that's particularly easy to talk about. It's something that people need to, you know, be increasingly aware about. And so for me, really, what was going on there was like, I, I, I get to a point with my stress where I can't disengage from it. I can't disconnect from it. And it starts to affect everything around me. So like I can be stressed out about one thing like Zap, for example, and that can kind of just bleed into kind of the, the way I view the world, the way I deal with my relationships with other people. Um, it's, it's not easy to put into words, but it basically just kind of becomes this cloud um, and what I've learned over the years of being quite an anxious and stressed out person is that when I get to that stage, I have to kind of like stop and I have to look at everything that's going on in my life and analyze where the stress is coming from. Like what are the trigger points? Uh, and then once I find those, I need to analyze what I can do about them. So, so sometimes it's things I don't have any control over and I can't stop. So I have to kind of figure out how to think about it better or how to handle it better. But sometimes it's like burdens I'm putting on myself. Um, and then I need to think, well, you know, is this something that is healthy? Is this something that needs to continue? Or is this something that maybe it's time to stop doing? But that's my process. And so that was what happened earlier on this year. Um, obviously, the longer you run something like Zap, the more artists you have, the more things you're hosting, uh, you know, the more... Um, release dates you have coming up and stuff the, the bigger it becomes basically i think it basically had gotten to a point at the start of this year where it was so big that i just didn't feel like it was manageable anymore and i needed to stop doing it and i needed to have the time and the space to maybe look at doing other things you know and, and it kind of became like the only thing i could do with my spare time was okay right what needs to be done next for zap you know um to the point where it was just even quenching my own creativity. Like I, I didn't have the space or the time to think about kind of my own creative projects. And, and I am the kind of person that actually gets a lot out of creativity. Like it helps me a lot. And so I wasn't getting that chance to do that. So I sat down, I spent some time talking to Wiley and, and to Zach and just kind of letting them know where I was at with things. And they took some time to go away and think about it. And, uh, and they were gracious enough to come back and say, you know what, man, like we get it. Uh, you know, if this is what needs to happen, then let's let's start to work towards it. And obviously, you when you're running a big machine like that, and it had become quite big, it can't just stop overnight. Um, so it's something that we've basically been working away at behind the scenes for the course of this whole year, really. Kind of just like finishing out the, the releases that we'd committed to and, you know, letting the artists know, okay, right, we're going to wind this thing down. Do you want to start taking over, like hosting your own music? because we distribute a lot of stuff digitally speaking. So um, it was giving them time to kind of do their own distribution and things like that as well. Um, and just getting it to a point where it was like coming to a healthy end and a positive end and, you know, nobody was getting hurt out of it and we weren't just like pulling the rug out from underneath anybody. So Zap is coming to a close, but then what about your own music? You've got a couple bands that you're involved with. Yeah, I have. Um, despite all efforts, I just can't seem to not be in bands. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, you know, I'm like 
all right, I'll, I'll just stop doing that. No, okay, right. So then I'll start another one, you know? <laughs> so at the moment, I'm in um, Dystopian Futures, who have been solely released by Zap Records up to this point. Uh, and I, I actually, during lockdown, when I found myself with lots of time and lots of headspace, um, I started another band with a friend um, who I've been in a band with before. I was in a, a, a sort of noise project called Their Throats Are Open Tombs um, with a guy called Chris Davis. And he and I just started like a new kind of hardcore power violence project called Durer, um, named after the mighty Albrecht Durer. You talked about spending all that time with Durer, but it couldn't have been too much time. The release runs five tracks, five minutes and 14 seconds. So you (laughs) didn't want to commit too much time. No, we wanted to keep it short and sweet. We specifically wanted to put it on an eight inch uh, lathe cut. So we made sure it was short enough to fit onto an eight inch lathe cut. Oh, nice. Um, Yeah. So we started with the format before we even had any music, (laughs) which is ridiculous. Who does that? I don't know. Uh, so I'm, um, my intention is to continue with both of those bands. The cool thing about them is like, we do things in our own time. There's no rush. There's no stress at all involved in that. You know, if we've got half an hour here to like, just plug in and record a baseline, then I'll do that. And then it's done. Um, so my music, uh, is going to be focused on, um, a band camp that I've set up. It's, um, visionspress.bandcamp.com. I also started making, um, little one-off short runs of zines because it's something I've wanted to do for ages and just hadn't had the time to do. So I started making zines and, um, and we're getting, we're doing sort of lathe cuts for any releases that I put out. And, um, and all of that is just kind of finding a home on that Bandcamp page. Well, that's cool. So we're going to have to be looking forward to that. Yeah. The cool thing is the Zap Bandcamp page is staying up. So all of those releases are still going to be there for people to enjoy there's no limit to how many times you can stream them. You can download them for free, you know? So the music's still going to be there. And, and Bandcamp has that kind of cool feature where you can make announcements through it. So, you know, if, if there's stuff that's coming out by, like, Zap alumni, or if there's stuff that's, you know, that Wiley's doing or that I'm doing or that, that Zach's doing, we can still let people know. And you are talking about a lot of releases. Isn't your latest one number 64 or something? Um, no, we've just done number 70. Oh, number 70. Yeah. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. We talked about brief songs. You've got another brief song. This one comes from your other band, Dystopian Futures. What can you tell us about the song Space Junk? Yeah, Space Junk is our new single. Um, we spent the summer working on this song. So uh, we've managed to a grand total of two songs this year. <laughs> we did a, we did a cover of Corona by Minutemen um, during lockdown because it just felt right. Do you know what I mean? It just it was our way of making fun of the whole situation and just you know trying to take our minds off of all the uncertainties. And uh, and then once lockdown was actually finished and we could actually be together again, then we wrote this uh, new song, Space Junk. Again, just a one off because we we knew we just didn't have the time to kind of manage anything more than, than one song. It's an idea that we've been playing with probably for a couple of years, to be honest, of just like doing something that was a little different. Cause a lot of our stuff is quite focused on like here and now, like current issues, social problems, politics, you know, it's, it's quite a political band. Um, so it was kind of cool to do something a little different and maybe something, you know, just kind of thinking about what life might be like in the future and the trajectory that we're on, like what's that going to look like? 
and and will the issue still be the same will will people still be the same you know will the problem still be pretty much give or take the same issues so it's actually a story uh, within within like what a minute and a half i think the song is it's a story about this man who uh goes off into space to you know colonize some new planet in the hopes of finding a better life for himself redemption you know whatever you want to want to call it um and ultimately, when he gets there, discovering that the issues are actually within himself. It's his own problems and his own actions and his own sins and thoughts and so on that are the actual root of the issues he's been experiencing. Um, and having to, you know, travel through space and, you know, stasis sleep to actually discover that the problem was him. And then the last, like, few seconds is basically just kind of God breaking into the picture and saying, here's the answer. Like, I'm the answer. Come to me. I'm what you need and uh, just kind of offering salvation. It was really fun to, to write and record. Uh, like I said, it was fun to kind of put my mind into a different kind of state or, or kind of go at it from a different angle. And um, it was fun to kind of be able to just like kind of think about, you know, some sort of sci-fi soundscapes and, and just something a little different for us. And again, we just threw a whole ton of like weirdness and creativity into the mix just for fun. <laughs> I love it. Have you ever actually spent a few minutes to consider how accurate your band name is for this day and age, Dystopian Futures? It's something that we have laughed about a lot this summer, I'll be honest, yes. Uh, and we are planning to release uh, a record that is called Dystopian Futures Present the Dystopian Present. <laughs> <laughs> because it isn't about the future anymore, it's about now, isn't it? You know. That's it. <laughs> well, the antidote has been speaking with the prophetic Dave Emerson of Zap Records. <laughs> Thanks Thank for you, this Dave. talk, buddy. That. It's been good, man. God bless you. <laughs>